rolling. Thank you for tuning into another episode of the Catch the Sky podcast. This is your host, Sweet T. Here with me again is Dick Francisco. You can catch us on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you listen to podcasts by searching for the Catch the Sky podcast. You can catch Dick on Twitter at I'm Dick Francisco or on Instagram at The Dick Francisco. Dick? What are we talking about this week? I kind of wanted a Dick Francisco. <laughs> oh, 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 I can do that. I can do that. It's fine. I, can do that. Cool. I, can do that. I got my own. T, I, <laughs> I think you and I are here to talk about something that is near and dear to us, not because we want it to be, but because it's a part of who we are. And that is addiction. Oh, I thought you were going to say our nipples. Well, that's part of my addiction, perhaps. <laughs> you don't know that I don't have an addiction for nipples. We haven't gotten that far yeah, yet. Gonna, yeah, we're only a minute into this conversation. We're literally only a minute in. You don't know. You don't know yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I guess, as we do with most of our conversations, we should kind of flesh out what our working definition of addiction is you're using all kinds of triggering words tonight fleshing out (laughs) i'm just kidding i'm kidding we're talking about addiction (laughs) yeah what is an addiction to you what is like what is an addiction for real what do you think one is anyways i'm going to pull up the uh marion webster version and then give you mine oh that's fun yeah do that and then i'll give you my take on it so according to marion webster Mm-hmm, Addiction mm-hmm. is a compulsive, chronic, physiological, or psychological need for a habit-forming substance, behavior, or activity having harmful physical, physiological, or social effects and typically causing well-defined symptoms such as anxiety, irritability, tremors, or nausea upon withdrawal or abstinence. Mm, that's a lot in there. Yeah. I think, sidebar, Merriam-Webster was addicted to words. (laughs) Just wanted to cram in as many words as they could. Just constantly, yeah, just trying to cram words. Okay, so breaking that definition down, this idea of compulsiveness, that one kind of stuck out to me, that it was a compulsive need, and that need concept, okay. That was the first one used. Physiological, meaning it could be physical or psychological, Got it. A picture of a cat just showed up on my screen, so that <laughs> distracted me. Um, and then habit forming, but it could be a substance, a behavior, or an activity mm-hmm. that has to then be harmful mm-hmm. physically, psychologically, or socially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, wow. There's a lot going on in there. Oh, my God. So then I'm going to stand up right now. You all can't see me, but I'm going to stand up and I'm going to say my name is Dick Francisco and I'm an addict. So. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Dick. (laughs) Hi, Dick. (laughs) Is that what happens at those meetings? That's what I Um, from what I've seen in the movies. (laughs) That's all I've I know. I've only seen it in the movies. Um, Fight Club, right? We don't talk about it. Right. Um, Shout out to Meatloaf. 
Oh, man, right? Also, rest in peace, right? That's what I'm saying, yeah. I think we <laughs> lost him this past year-ish. Um, all the years blend together. Well, his name okay, is so his name was Robert Paulson. Ooh. You know, Way it, to show some respect, T. Well, yeah. that's, that's because in death... <laughs> a mm. member of Project Mayhem <laughs> regains their name, or whatever the fuck they, whatever the fuck they say in the movie. <laughs> totally not what his point was. He was like, "No, this is Bob." <laughs> Some people might suggest we have an addiction to movie references, but that's a throwback to a previous episode. <laughs> so, T, I think you and I were having an off-air discussion about this concept of addiction as I'm reading all of this. It, I don't have any argument with this, but it has been suggested certain types of addiction that are, you know, some of those common, you know, the common hitters, the heavy hitters, are a disease. What do you have to say about that? I am going to consult the Marion Webster definition mm. and... It doesn't say disease anywhere in there. So, no. Mm, okay. So, because the definition doesn't say it in there. Not okay, just because, fair. not just because the definition, but mm -hmm, it's weird. So, the way that I'm going to frame this, let me just explain everything before you. Yeah. Before you. It, it, it's something that begins. And ends with a choice, right? So say, for example, I were to continue smoking blunts and I get lung cancer. Like, I can't mm -hmm, just mm -hmm. choose to not have lung cancer one morning, you know? Okay. Like, okay. that's not how it fucking works. But if I I'm today I want to choose to stop smoking blunts, I can stop smoking blunts. Now, as per our off-air discussion, a little bit easier said than done, but... I'm perfectly confident in my ability to not consume blunts. And I mean, I've done that plenty of times before. So it's just making it a more permanent thing this time. Mm. So now I want to challenge this and go, okay, if we both agree, because I think we did both agree, that we couldn't quite subscribe to the idea of it being a disease in the way that we perceive disease in the way that we define disease and dare I say felt almost like a cop out, right? That would give away my accountability or my choice exactly. for these things that I might have an addiction to. So as soon as I called it a disease, I was removing responsibility, right? Like and, I can't and control I know my our, brain all of a sudden. Like, no. And I know our listeners could have a whole field day with us, and I'm happy to have that debate with go, anybody that go wants ahead. to come debate. Go ahead. Right? I told you About, all of our fucking again, social our media functions. handles but, right at the beginning. <laughs> but... What about not calling it a disease, but would you suggest that addiction might be a disorder? I'm throwing a curveball at you right now. No. Because a disorder no, because, isn't a disease. No, because... The, but it is a disturbance in our physical or mental health or our functions. And do we suggest that there could be a disturbance in our physical or mental health or functions... That leads to addiction and addictive personality. I mean, possibly a disturbance m could lead to it. But for me, the reason that I've always stood so steadfast by this idea 
is because you can train your brain to reevaluate the decisions that you're making on a daily basis if you want to, right? That's the problem is most people just get stuck in their routines and the habits that they're comfortable with and they don't reassess what they're doing regularly enough to realize that they're possibly addicted to something. So we are subscribing to the concept of mind over matter? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And if you, it's, it's, you have to constantly be reminding yourself of that though. Cause if you, you almost need to be addicted to the mind over matter concept, <laughs> right? You need to constantly be reminding yourself of that, constantly be looking in the mirror and being critical of yourself. And I mean, I'm, mm. it, it's not that I'm not critical of myself. I'm very aware of my flaws and, yeah, I'm starting to take it a little more seriously now. I think it's time to stop fucking around completely. I mean, I can still have fun, but there's no reason to just be like deliberately killing myself on a daily basis anymore. So let's <laughs> talk a little bit about that because I think that was part of what you know, was kind of the instigation for us to do this episode is that we could both kind of acknowledge that there's some addictive behaviors in our lives that we are recognizing and we maybe want to at least evaluate and change. I'm going to say change on your part. Me, I'm evaluating. Uh, but the first step is absolutely the acknowledgement of something that is more in that definition of addictive, where it is psychological or physiological that we're perceiving as a need that is becoming harmful. So T, in front of the world and everyone that's listening, what's your addiction? I love weed. <laughs> oh, I want to unpack this so quickly. So you love weed. Okay. So immediately I'm like, well, okay. So I don't believe that marijuana is an addictive substance. So I'm not going to blame the substance. Let's talk more about this then. So do you blame the substance or do you blame something else for this? No, 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 no. I think I've probably previously stated on the show that I've, this all started with me basically wanting to disconnect from reality to a degree like i was i was too consumed by the negativity in the world and just all the bad and overthinking all the time that i i almost wanted to just slow my brain down i was like i can't constantly be thinking of all of this negativity and all of just the bad that the humanity is doing in the world and I could train my brain to try and focus on the positive things, but it was just that there's so many overwhelmingly negative things that could just fucking disrupt all of that good in one day. You know, all of the good things that were happening in Ukraine have completely been turned upside mm. in the last two months, right? Like any good efforts that were happening there have just been completely fucking like carpet bombed, like literally, you know? Like, and that's a fucking harsh reality. Like, it's it's sad. Like, it's sad. And the realities like that fucking are sad. And, like, what's happening in Yemen is fucking sad. You know, there's hundreds of thousands of people there that have been killed and millions that are in poverty and starving as a result. And you can thank the U.S. government for that. Do a quick Google search. So, 
it was really, really difficult for me to want to just exist in a world where, where so much evil is present. And it seems to be coming from, you know, people that are much more powerful and influential than I will ever be. So, like, how do you fucking compete with that? What amount of good can combat that much evil? And so... I was grappling with a lot, and that's when I just decided, you know what? I'm just going to be a stoner for a little while. <laughs> I literally said that one day. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do this for a while. I'm just going to do my thing. And it's been a pretty daily habit ever since. So that's really interesting because I think you probably characterized for a lot of people how addiction manifests for them, right? Like I actually put myself in the category of feeling very much like from a personality standpoint, something I need to continually, I think, explore with myself of why I would perceive myself to have an addictive personality. And I think when I say that, whether it's accurately defined or not, it is a, I am an all or nothing person. So I am a I'm an all-in, like I'm not going to recreationally use that meth. I'm going to be a meth addict if you're going to give me meth kind of thing. And so, um, which I'm not smoking meth, I'm just saying, using it as a bad example. You know where I can find some clear. And so (laughs) I am balls to the wall, all in on everything and anything. It's the passionate reality of who I am. And so it means that I have to then be cognizant of the things that I do in my life and the substances and the behaviors and activities and everything because I will take everything to the maximum. Something I need to acknowledge. Maybe I'm addicted to being addicted, right? Addictive personality. But I think what you shared was very much that idea of life experiences as a human that then dictate our mental or emotional state and then we do things that are in response to that that isn't bad in and of itself i think soothing is something soothing is something that comes to us innately as as you know humans babies in and of themselves look for soothing when they are not okay Mm -hmm. and soothing isn't an addiction in and of itself i think it's when does something become addictive is when you start again using it more than you intended to and wanting to cut down but suggesting you can't or neglecting responsibilities giving up on activities that you used to care about um, the inability to complete daily life tasks because of it doing things that are risky that you wouldn't have otherwise done I think those all become then when you've in entered that space now you know you're acting out of an addiction that's unhealthy or harmful right Yeah, and this is why I think it's a choice. This is why I've I've subscribed to that forever. I I, I just described to you, and and you said, like, most people get into these routines out of situations or circumstances that they've experienced. Like opioid addiction is, like, a big one, right? Right. People got prescribed because they had some back pain, and one thing leads to another. I'm not going to suggest that there's a physiological response to opioids being addictive by nature, which is the difference between that and marijuana. We're going to do a whole marijuana show and make you clear, make it clear to you that Mary Jane ain't the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, it's, but they, they get into this routine, and then they're, they're more comfortable in that routine, or at least they feel more comfortable in that routine than they did previously. (laughs) And yeah, so the addiction is the routine, right? Initially. (laughs) 
comfort of the routine. <laughs> the comfort of the routine is initially what kicks it off, yeah? Mm-hmm. I really do think I'm bringing it all back to like that whole concept of being in the womb or like at first birth when babies just need to be soothed. Like, is that not where most addiction starts from is yeah. looking to soothe something? something? Yeah. It could be emotional pain. It could be, you know, physical pain. It yeah. could be a- a- any number of things. Yeah. Yeah. All of it is soothing. Wow. Yes. That's crazy. That's that's, that's exactly crazy. what I think addiction is. And then people are just stuck in that routine. It's the same mm. reason that people get stuck in a job for 30 years. It, it, it's the same deal. They're just comfortable with where they're at and they're comfortable with what they're doing and the choices that they're making. And maybe they are able to function and complete their jobs. That doesn't mean they don't have an addiction. Sure. Because it's all about what is driving that behavior. Yeah. And like the intention of that behavior. Yeah. And they could be they could be impacted by the substance that they are using or the activity that they are doing but it might not be impacting them to the degree that it's hindering them from you know completing their job or being a functioning member of society they might not be completely it might not be a debilitating addiction how about that Okay. Yeah, that whole concept of a functional alcoholic. Right. right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, arguably, I think we can, when we were suggesting addiction and Merriam-Webster, you know, the word addict said it best, that it doesn't have to be a drug or a substance like we often think about addiction. We could be addicted to all kinds of things, activities, behaviors. Like running. Running, right? So yeah, so this is, what a great, what a great segue, T. How often have I heard people suggest that at least I'm not addicted to, you know, drugs and my addiction is working out or my addiction is eating healthy or something like something that lands in that acceptable realm, right? Because when we think about addiction, it can be all kinds of things. You can have a food addiction, you can have a drug addiction, you can have a sex addiction, you could have, oh, I know we have a listener who I think might be borderline addicted to my voice and <laughs> wants me to personally record for him me reading particular types of literature. <laughs> Side hustle. Um, but just saying. Oh, we could we could so do that. And I just saw <laughs> Another We're sidebar. addicted to making money. <laughs> right. I saw another sidebar, even though this show makes no money. I, I yeah, saw. But that might make us some money, Dean. <laughs> well, I saw a thing the other day. This guy was like, I do 30 second ads in Spanish for $500. And he reads right? off. Yeah. It's just because. We will because, learn some Spanish for that shit. Hmm? Yeah, could you imagine that? Como estas, amigos? Ah, oh, muy bien. <laughs> y tú? <laughs> Like I could do uh, this. CSP. I got, we could 100 percent. Like do the this. way I started the show today. Like if I just did the entire show oh, in so that could. in that voice all the time. Yes. Like if I was talking like this the entire show. Like we would probably get so many more listeners. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and again, you have a far broader audience than I do. I have an audience of pervs that just want to hear me read. I well, that's the thing is, but apparently. Our demographic is still 
more women than men. So I, I, I really have no so that's idea. that's hurting me over here. I don't mm. know what's happening. I don't know who listens Ladies, to this show. Ladies, go tell your male friends that I will read erotica for um, a small fee for them. <laughs> I'll read erotica and whatever the I'm fuck else you want. I'm addicted to money. Yeah. T and I will both read erotica for you if that's what you want. Whatever you want. So if anybody uh, from like Audible Love is Files listening, is taking a whole new turn. <laughs> That's what we should do. Oh, we should God. just <laughs> we should start <laughs> writing and creating erotic audio novels. <laughs> oh, 100%. We would we would be doing so much better than we are here. But <laughs> clearly clearly we're not addicted to success um <laughs> or money uh, because that's obviously not driving us here. I mean, um, that's why that, that's why we have real jobs. <laughs> that's why we have real jobs. <laughs> and real investments that aren't this podcast. At least not. Absolutely. Listen, no, diversify. it's so true. So then that makes me feel good that, who at least I don't have an addiction to that. Uh, but, okay, so I was thinking about this as we good. were talking. We're not addicted to being starving artists. We're not, yeah, we're not, yeah, we're not <laughs> sellouts. We're not addicted to, again, we're not Wolf of Wall Street, whatever it might be. <laughs> So I was thinking about this as we were talking about this concept of soothing, you know, from a very early, like right out of the womb, babies being soothed and that that's really what addictions are. Do you think, this is just throwing it out there, do you think that babies who are consistently soothed when they are children are more likely to be addiction prone? Because... There's that whole school of thought, like either one, let the baby keep crying and don't soothe them, or two, every time your baby cries, you tend to them and soothe them. Do you think, obviously there's studies, I'm sure, that a baby that is soothed constantly is more likely to grow up with addictions? feel like we should go to the go to the Google machine for this Yeah, but one. I want you to you have to guess first. All right, all right. I'll speculate while you give me some uh while you get me some Half-ass quick internet research. Yeah, oh, 100%, which I'm going to believe exactly what I read here. All right. Um, it's an interesting thought. Let me stew on that here for a second before I give you my knee-jerk reaction. Uh, well, I mean, it's like 50-50, right? I can, I can guess one way or the other. I am going to guess that ones that are soothed are less likely to become addicted. That are soothed are less likely. Ooh. Okay, tell me your reasoning. How'd you come to that conclusion in your head? They are, this is pre-talking as a form of communication. Mm -hmm. So the baby is communicating in the only way that it knows how, and mm. it is getting a response. Therefore, it's learning that, the, it's learning to communicate, Right. Whereas okay, sure. I'm going to say a baby that is neglected is not learning communication properly. There should be some sort of response, right? Maybe not soothing all the time, but if we just neglect the baby all the time, then later in life I feel like it's going to maybe have some s sort of maybe maybe issues maybe communication issues or associating with other people 
or things like that. Now, now I'm just really spitballing here. No, no, but no. That's is, actually that's actually what my hack ass um, internet search is is completely saying, which is instead of it correlating it directly to addiction. Apparently, that was a slippery slope that was going from A to Z and missing a few <laughs> letters in between. Um, fine, internet and science. It does start to create correlations and question whether constantly soothing a baby versus self-soothing. So self-soothing. Soothing. Can I say we've had way too many S's on this show for me tonight? But that's fine. Self-soothing <laughs> means that a baby is able to fall asleep or return to sleep after waking up on their own with little or no crying. And that they only teach self-soothing to themselves if you don't immediately respond every time. So if you immediately respond to a baby every time it cries, you're creating a habit of dependency. Right. And so then it's a dependency on soothing, mm -hmm. which then I immediately slippery slope this all the way to you're an addict. Oh, my God, you're creating addicts. Okay. But they do suggest that, like you said, so some of those communication problems or some of those relationship issues or problems certainly do come from potentially creating a habit of dependency Especially when a parent isn't going to always be able to uphold that. So think about like if people are really into a baby right off the bat and they're like, oh my God, love this baby. But like eventually like you can't just be in it to win it all, especially when like another kid comes along, right? Mm -hmm. Or you're the second, third or fourth in line and they were real into the first one. Now they've done this four times, right? Yeah. And it's just like, Pah, I'm good, right? So, but it, there isn't anything definitive here that I'm seeing. Like you were saying, like what if soothing a baby or not soothing a baby actually makes them want more dependency, right? There doesn't seem to be anything that's defining like a definitive, like you better let your baby cry on its own or it's going to become a dependent asshole that later in life I have to deal with codependency in that man. So please don't do that to your child. Gotcha. Or the opposite of, hey, don't soothe your baby and therefore they'll be perfect. No, it might actually make that child seek dependency even more so because I think it's still innate in us. Like you said, we're trying to figure out how to communicate. And as humans, we have needs even as soon as you come out of the womb. Yeah. And so I'm going to suggest a jury is out on this yeah. as to whether it was just a just a question I had out there. No, okay, so one. are there are there good addicts or are good addictions and bad addictions? Have we determined like it's better that I'm addicted to I don't know, climbing a mountain every day versus cocaine? Cocaine is so good though. We should probably <sighs> Yeah, climbing I, a mountain is cheaper. Yeah, but like I tell my dad it's like have fun getting your knee scoped now. You know, because you're yeah, fucking, right. yeah, because you're <laughs> Oh, running so you're going to hit me on my knees now. Yeah. I should go, I should immediately turn back to cocaine because <laughs> <laughs> about those knees. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> At what stage should I kill my, my addiction for running up the mountain and instead turn back to cocaine? <laughs> yeah, after you get this knee scoped. Got it, got it. But okay, they'll probably fair. just give you opioids then so you can get hooked on those. Um... I obviously we, we don't want to advocate for any one type of addiction because I guess that would imply that we're we're in a routine and if we're advocating for constant growth and change on this show we don't want to get stuck in one spot for too long mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so like I alluded to earlier I think I might have joked about it we need to we need to be addicted to 
constantly evaluating the choices that we're making like every day like all the time like right and then i'm like decision. well except calling an addiction because remember miriam webster that damn word addict said it was harmful so i'm like oh okay so what is oh jesus <laughs> 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 Sorry, I don't know if I can make it stop. Sorry. <laughs> um, that's me trying to play sound engineer at the same time accidentally. Perfect. Um, okay. So back to the question I was about to ask is, what is the opposite of addiction where it's not harmful, but that we're doing it out of pure goodness. Like my desi- my routine to take care of myself every single day isn't an addiction because it's not it's not coming from a harmful place in my brain. It's coming from a really good place. What is what is that? Is there a word for the opposite of addiction? Yeah, like I brush my teeth every day, right? Yeah, I know, but are you addicted to it? <laughs> I mean, I guess by the definition, right? <laughs> no, because it's not harmful, right? Because, like, if you go to the Googles and you say, oh, okay, what is the opposite of addiction? It's going to tell you, well, sobriety. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not what I'm looking for. Right. (laughs) I'm looking for, like, come on, Google. Get a little less dense on me here, right? (laughs) Right. That I'm trying to figure out what that word might be. Maybe our listeners will have to help me out with this one. Of... It's not enlightenment. It's not... I don't know what it is. Self-dependence interdependence I don't know because we know addiction is bad we've agreed on that right like your habit and addiction to blunts is bad Bad. it's bad for you that's bad bad right I think I sometimes have a bad addiction to working and I usually know that at any given point it's entering what would be that definition of addiction when I myself or I have people around me who are kind of commenting on it and I have to question why I'm working. Now, I love my job and I love getting to do what I do and the benefits that come out of it, meaning like the ability to help people and, you know, working with people and, you know, serving people, all of that great in what I do. But like sometimes I think I am doing my job out of um, like this psychological stronghold of it's a comfort, it's a soothing, it's a, all those things we talked about. Mm-hmm. And I have to go, whoa, okay. So today I am sitting in my office on a Sunday doing my job for what reason? Not because I have to be here, but because... I'm getting some comfort out of here. And then I have to question, what am I getting out of this? So I think that's an addiction that I have to question a little bit more. Yeah. Constant evaluation. Right? Constant evaluation. And I think that's... So is that, yeah, I guess if we start kind of transitioning into, you know, not that we have the world's problem solved of how to solve addiction, because what do you think if we were to ask the question, how much of the U.S. population... Um, has an addiction what do we think that number is that people would cite 75 percent oh wow that's crazy um (laughs) hold on i'm trying to 
Okay, almost 21 million Americans have at least one addiction. <laughs> oh, that's even worse. At least one addiction. The, yeah, Wait, what? That's bullshit. In 2018, 2% of the U.S. reported having used cocaine in the past year. And then arguably, if you've used it, you're going to be an addict because it's great. Um, Just saying. Let's see. Oh, and this is so interesting um, because I think a lot of this quick hack-ass research is just suggesting purely substance abuse. Right. That's right? what I'm saying. Yeah, that's that's where, like, coffee. Oh, yeah, caffeine especially. Yeah, see what I'm saying? Like, they, yeah, so bullshit. That's what I'm saying, 75%. If you incorporate, like, all the people that are addicted to exercising too much to the point they're overdoing right. it on their if joints. If we call those, yeah. Coffee. If we call, mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, yeah. That's true. The people that are addicted to like extreme sports, like want to get themselves killed. Well, and then think about today, the internet as a whole and digital everything. Oh, yeah. That's a hundred. We didn't Love even talk about memes. that. Wow. How did we get this you far? You are addicted to memes. There is an <laughs> addiction to Instagram. <laughs> the TikToks. Like, children are being, like, you thought it was bad when, like, crack babies were a thing, right? Am I allowed to say that? When crack babies were a thing and babies were born, you know, to moms that were using crack cocaine and so therefore, or heroin or whatever, and then the babies had an addiction. Is that not the same that mothers are doing to their babies with how much digital media you know they're intaking? You know what I'm going to say. Oh, you tell me. You know tell what I'm going to say. Uh-huh. Do it. You know do what it. I'm going to say. South Park uh-huh. did an episode about the crack I babies. Know it. <laughs> the I crack know baby it. basketball league. <laughs> Where they fucking put a ball of cocaine in the middle of a bunch of crack babies and they had the fucking babies fucking basically battle for it and they filmed them and put it online to make money you want to talk about it exactly right and yet again the genius of that show that dude that episode is like 15 years old right But like when you start thinking about just oh my God. the internet and if we go back to again our favorite I just love that you were like Miriam Webster. You were like, can I say that? I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> if the people that won a fucking Peabody Award can say it, we can say it. Oh my God. Thank you. Thank you. What's Miriam got for us? (laughs) No, I'm saying Miriam Webster, our favorite word addict, made it really clear that, again, an addiction is any behavior or activity having harmful physical, psychological, or social effects. And have we all not, like, hasn't it been, like, noted that the internet and social media is in and of itself harmful physically psychologically or socially (laughs) like i thought that was a thing we've all agreed we we use it but i think it has all been like well defined that it is therefore i think your number is low what did you say 75 percent of the u.s (laughs) i said 75 (laughs) percent i think that's a little low t because i think everyone's fucking addicted well yeah (laughs) but i'm also factoring in that there is still a whole like generation of people that are in like nursing homes and stuff that probably have never gotten on the internet. (laughs) Some of those people are still out there. (laughs) 
But aren't those people addicted to something else? Like, you know, they're fucking hot toddy before bed every night? I Stop. Don't. Listen. <laughs> Not sure. <laughs> or the, the um, farmer's almanac. Jury's out. <laughs> or they're addicted to getting the the print newspaper and they're the ones that show up at, you know, town hall meetings when it stops. They still or have school board copy. meetings. Oh, yeah. yeah. Speaking of school board meetings, nobody showed yeah, up. Yeah. Mm, nobody. Thanks for reporting back on that. Yeah. Sweet. School shooting. Nobody mm. shows up to the following I school board meeting. I think addiction to public forums and public meetings is real. I well, think I know those people. It's not here. <laughs> that's a shame. Yeah, maybe. Okay, that's so as we, happening. as we have now, I think really, really defined and explored addiction. We've put it out there what our own addictions are. I'm sure I have plenty more, um, as I'm sure you do, that we could share here. Let's talk about. How you solve an addiction. That, how you get to sobriety in your addiction. Yeah, well, we alluded to that a few minutes ago. And I think, as I I stated then, it's going to be this constant state of evaluation. You need to evaluate every decision. Like, when you go to buy that next pack of blunts, you need to remind yourself, like, hey, this this is not in the outline. This so is you not... don't believe that total abstinence, just like cutting off cold turkey works? Well, that's what I'm suggesting. That is what I'm suggesting. Oh, it, it's, it, well, see. you need to, but it's easier said than done. So there, yeah, how'd there, that work for you on 420 team? Yeah, right. There's going to be days where you, uh, where, <laughs> where, where, where you slip up. But I want to talk about that because <laughs> you and I have a reinforcing relationship. The big blowout. <laughs> yeah, the big blowout was going to be 420 because you had reached out so to me and said blunts. your very first step in breaking your addiction was obviously acknowledging that you had one, right? And then it was taking the steps to hold yourself accountable. And one of the things you did was put it out there so that you weren't the only one hearing about your addiction, that you made yourself accountable by telling me about it Mm -hmm. and then saying, hey, I want a friend who I can also be accountable to who I've said this to that I'm going to quit and I can support you and why you should quit. And I was like, oh, 100%, I think you should quit smoking blunts. I was like, even though I don't have to smell them in my house anymore. Right. um, And it wasn't even the blunt itself. It was the smell of grape Swisher Sweets that I was really over. Um, (laughs) Which, sidebar on this, because this is what we do. Um, (laughs) Joe Rogan episode, because Rogan always steals our shit. Mm -hmm. Joe Rogan was doing an episode a few, like a couple weeks ago or like last week, with Bobby Green, who's a UFC fighter. And the entire beginning of that episode was them rolling a blunt and talking about Swisher Sweets and how like 80% of Swisher Sweets get used for rolling blunts and all the tobacco gets thrown out. And that's why Swisher Sweets ended up degrading the quality of their tobacco because they realized everyone was using it for that reason. So they stopped putting top quality tobacco in there because this is probably doing what you're doing, T. This is probably why Safe accused me of littering when I dumped the tobacco mm. guts outside. Cause yeah. I cause I made the comment like this is leaf. This is a natural substance. Oh, I'm yeah. just dumping it back out into nature. And, Absolutely. We put it in our garden over here. And he's probably like, no, there's a bunch of plastic and shit in there. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> yeah, he, didn't that say he must that, have known no. that they had degraded so low that, yeah, it's just plastic shavings are now what Swisher Sweets are putting in there. But no, but I have pulled out some funk. Like, like, <laughs> like I pulled I'm out sure like 
like but that's why things it that look like, so like a gum wrapper, like you oh, know, shredded like Wrigley's wrapper, a fingernail. I'm sure here and there. So gross. So gross. So okay. So you wanted to be held accountable though in breaking your addiction. So you told me. Well, then we started kind of talking about this, and arguably. I was like, mm, am I the best person? Because I we have a very reinforcing relationship. So right. 420 rolls around and you're like, hey, so I haven't quit yet, but I'm thinking about just having a big blowout and just like hitting stash. it hard. Yeah, hitting it hard now and then quitting tomorrow. And so naturally, my response to that is like, fuck yeah, what a great idea. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. like you saying to me today, like, hey, should I go be productive or should I take a nap? And I'm like, fuck, a nap sounds great. <laughs> At which point you're like, yeah, but I did that all last week and I was unproductive. And I'm like, damn, I am not good at this. But I started thinking about like how we often use that as a mechanism to help people break addiction. And so you're thinking of like AA, right? And so Alcoholics Anonymous and what is the like the plan as they leave Alcoholics Anonymous is like you buddy up with somebody else. And I'm like, what could go wrong when you play you know, put two alcoholics together? And I was like, ah, you know, are they strong enough yet to be there for each other? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just not sure. Cause that sounds like a fun time with both of them mm-hmm. <laughs> and a bottle of tequila. <laughs> yeah. It's like people that go to sex anonymous just to fuck. Oh, they're so other. fucking right. A hundred percent. They're fucking. I hear AA they're fucking too, but just saying, or they're smoking cigarettes together. Right. Cause if it's not one addict or addiction, it's another. Okay. So I think we've learned that our reinforcing relationship is not the greatest way to, to break an addiction. Again, it comes back to that willpower, yeah? Yep. Mind over matter? Yep. It is. Okay. It is. But also the human mind is 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 a beautifully strong thing. And would we're you all suggest, equipped with one. So just Would you, you suggest it's it. a trainable thing though where like sometimes you got to give your brain just like we can train our brain into something what do they say like 90 days you can yes. make habits yes. that You got to that's it, why I'm saying We have to be patient. The habit needs to be waking up every morning and evaluating your mm. decisions. You can't just wake up and just go back into the same routine that you've been doing all day every day. You need to be able to evaluate those decisions and Stop yourself at the counter or if they ask you if you need anything else, you don't need to get the swishers. It's actually great. There's this uh, commercial on the radio right now, and I think it's Joe Buck and somebody else, and they're doing like a play-by-play of a lady at the checkout counter. (laughs) And it's like an anti-smoking ad, you know what I'm saying? They're like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, Nicole's up at the counter, and Jeff, the checkout man, he's a seasoned professional. He is taking his time with those items. And um, and they're like, Nicole's eyes are uh, starting to gaze behind the counter. And Jeff is just taking his time, moistening his thumb on that pad or whatever. <laughs> and it's like, and she's reaching, she's reaching, and she grabs a pack of gum. Good choice, Nicole. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, so it's just, you know, it's just stupid shit like that. And it's, you know. But the whole reason that even exists is because I think we should at very least acknowledge, and you have said this plenty of times tonight, easier said than done, that Mm -hmm. change is difficult, not only psychologically, but physiologically. We fear change. 
Well, we do. And there's a reason that I think we do. So when you go back to that very, you know, innate survival brain that we have, there's a reason why change or the unknown or switching from what we are at least consistently comfortable with has an immediate trigger of uncomfortability for us. And as soon as we're uncomfortable, that's that concept of soothing, right? Back to being a baby. And so I think we have to press our brains through the uncomfortability and know that we can, that's where for some people, a lot of people having that support network around them is helpful. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you have to be accountable to you mm -hmm. and make that decision. Just believe that in yourself, man. You're, yeah. That believe you're in something. For you. oh, I hear yourself. You. You're fucking, you're powerful. Like if you don't want to smoke cigarettes anymore, then just don't like, you know, it's bad. Yeah, you've fucking already quit it. You've made the choice. Like when, you go to the counter, just just don't do it. Get a pack of gum because then guess what? Your breath is going to be fresher. People are going to enjoy your aroma more. We'll get into pheromones and in, uh, in one of these episodes someday, yes, right? I can't wait. Right, yes. right. Mm -hmm. So love files yeah, coming up people, soon on pheromones. Yeah, people enjoy the smell of minty fresh breath as opposed to smelling like blunts. And I've just gone so nose blind to the fact that I smell like <laughs> blunts. And then I got COVID, so I can't smell anything. Oh God! True. So really fucking sucks. Oh, and the we fear change line that I just dropped. From uh -huh, Wayne's World. Uh -huh. From Wayne's World. Uh, Just for all of our fans out there. <laughs> again, we're super addicted to movie references. I fucking love Wayne's World. Suck it. <laughs> Suck it safe. <laughs> Suck it. Just so, put on blast. <laughs> so I would say that to all of our fans out there that may have an addiction, we understand Right. We're part of your support network because we get it. Yeah. We're there too. Obviously, we're working through some of our own addiction. And if you really like if you don't if you feel like you don't have anybody to talk to, like you are absolutely always invited to comment, message us, whatever, on whichever platform. We may not see it immediately, but we will respond. Because <laughs> we're trying not to be addicted to social media, okay? Give us a break. Yeah, no, for real. Like, I'm not on there all the time, but I, I will respond. We will yeah, get back to you. And yeah. there's, yeah, we are here. So if, if you ever do feel like there's nobody else to talk to, then know that there Find are us. people out. Yeah, there are people out there that are. Otherwise, us two assholes just sit here and reinforce each other's addictions. So yeah, right. Yeah, see, we need to grow our support network too. So clearly, so. we need to. Yeah. So this we is a cry for help right now. <laughs> <laughs> we were trying to put it back on you if you needed us, but this is a cry for help right now. We were trying to build our support network, so if we could emotionally Love appeal it. to you all. Like I know normally we come at you like if you want to. I think we're coming to you saying we need you right now. We need you. We need you. Love We've been it. very vulnerable tonight. <laughs> love it. Oh, and we I didn't even it. get into our sex addictions. For those of our listeners who have an addiction to our love files, we'll be coming at you soon. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So if you do feel compelled to reach out to us or you enjoyed this episode or you have ideas for a future episode or you just want to talk some shit, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on social media by searching for the Catch the Sky podcast or on Twitter at CTS Terry. Dick is there. You can find her at I'm Dick Francisco or on Instagram at the Dick Francisco 
We are on every Friday at 6. Be sure to tune in. Dick, thank you for joining us. T, thank you. And to all of our listeners, continue believing in yourself. We appreciate you listening to this episode. And until next week, keep trying to catch the sky. Bye.